Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, everyone. Hello again to all the Punch Maniacs out there. Thank you for coming back. Anybody listening today, thank you for joining us. Here's what I'll say before today's episode. If you have not seen the Lee Wood versus Michael Conlon car or main event, pause this episode right now, go watch the main event, and then come back and listen to this episode because you're going to want to watch that fight with zero information just to get the full joy of that fight. Um, so. To everybody who just listened to me, welcome back. Uh, you, uh, I hope you enjoyed that fight. It is worth your year subscription to DAZONE just for that fight. So uh, you ready to get into this, Franco? I am, and I'm definitely ready to get into that fight. Uh, I have it as a possible knockout of the year. I know some people said fight of the year, so I am looking forward to chatting about this one. So let's get into all of them. Sandy Ryan, 28 years old, coming in at 3-0 and versus Erica Ferreras, 37 years old, coming in at 26-5. and <laughs> This was a huge step up in competition for Sandy Ryan, and it showed. She tried her, the same stuff that was working in her previous three wins was not working in this fight. You know, like she showed kind of her lack of experience in this fight. She was certainly up for the test. But I can't say that I'm mad at the judges for not giving her the win in this one. I just thought she looked, whether it was underprepared or she didn't take Farias seriously enough, not sure what it was, but she came in with 26 wins. Sure, she had five losses, but 26 wins. That is plenty of experience. She used that experience and pulled out the victory, split decision victory. But I still think, you know, a victory that she earned in there, you know, I probably had Ryan ahead, but I also... Uh, I'm a fan of Ryan, so I wasn't watching through. I was biased going into this. So when the judges read off that Frarius win or won, I was not like upset or mad. She came in with a good game plan. She even got a point deducted in the last round, which I thought was kind of bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good scrap. It's just, you know, Sandy Ryan has always been one to go to the body. She scored some really cool, or at least a cool knockout by going to the body. That game plan wasn't working in this fight. And she didn't stop going to it where I'm not saying there's never a time to stop going to the body, but she needed to mix it up a little bit. You know, hopefully this is just a lesson learned. I don't care about somebody's. Oh, if you're a good boxer, you're a good boxer. And Sandy Ryan is a good boxer and we'll be seeing plenty more of her. Yeah. And it's not really like she looked that bad in this fight. I thought she looked really good. She looked bigger than Faria. So at first thought she was going to take advantage of the height differential, the size differential. And then that didn't happen because both of these women were just wailing away on each other and both of them were landing some really nice shots they were just they were angry you know what i mean they were like angry violent shots both of them were landing i needed a knockout because it was too hard to score for me like when i would try to figure out a round it was kind of a, a coin flip on them but <laughs> at the end i did feel like farius did more than ryan was expecting her to do and right. so the fight didn't go the way that ryan thought it was going to go when that 10th round point deduction came because farias had an accidental headbutt i guess they thought it was on purpose or something i don't know but right away my first thought went to up oh, here we go here's the fix they're going to try to give this over to ryan and then no, they didn't. The one judge had it 97-94 for Farias. The other one had it 95-94. 
for Farias. But then the other one, the third judge, it was 97-93 for Ryan. Like, how could it be so skewed from the other judges? I I don't know. That, that one felt a little bit off. It felt like there might be some kind of weird judge stuff going on, you know, where all of a sudden they're doing 9-9 nine, nine rounds and just making up scores for whatever reason. I don't know. That, that part of it felt a little bit wonky. But otherwise, yeah, I think the right person won this one. And it felt good to see her not get ripped off. The only thing about the 97-93 for Ryan, like I could see there being a 97-93 scorecard out there because there was a couple rounds that were really close, kind of hard to score. You know, so if all those rounds that were close ended up on Ryan's ledger on that judge's scorecard, I could see where the 97 93 came in. Like I was, I, when this was over, I wasn't going to be mad at either one of the people that they declared the winner because I thought it was really a close fight throughout. I do think that, you know, Farias was probably doing the, the more work. And, you know, because of that, I think was ended up with this decision. Terry Harper, 25 years old, coming in at 11, 1, and 1 versus Yamina Abayanayada. <laughs> Sorry if I messed up your name there, young lady, but you're 28 years old, coming in at 13, 4, and 1. <laughs> For those who are not familiar with Terry Harper, she is coming off of her first career loss, which still to this day, one of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen in my life. She lost to Alicia Baumgartner by knockout, but when she got knocked out, instead of falling to the mat, she stiffened up and was still on her feet and the ref jumped in and kept her from getting killed. So I was really curious in this fight to see how she was going to bounce back from that devastating KO. And she came back by just dominating this whole fight. If this ended up, you know, 100 to 90 on any of the cards, I was not going to be shocked. Now, I think all the judges gave at least one round. So I'm not going to disagree with that. But this was a nice comeback for Terry Harper. She was a former world champ. She lost her belt in that uh, lone defeat. They gave her, you know, some intercontinental or sheriff of Nottingham belt for this one. Terry's better than that. So she, I'm sure she's not going to be uh celebrating really big to get that belt i think this fight put her back into title contention where she didn't come back broken she came back ready to go i look forward to what she does next definitely put her back into the conversation this was a good bounce back she looked really good she was landing shots from the very beginning and abeyaneda was game that's what i I said yeah uh (laughs) abeyaneda was was game like she was in it and not in it but you know she was putting out work it's just harper was doing so much more and i just had her winning i did have her winning every round the judges were nice and gave one round to abeyaneda otherwise harper looked great really the only thing that looked bad on harper was from an accidental headbutt she got a huge vertical cut split open on her eyebrow that they had to keep working on. Of course, the cameraman made sure to get really close so we could see the Vaseline and the giant Q-tip getting pressed like into her face. And I'm just like cringing. And of course, for somebody like Harper, doesn't even feel it. You know, she's got the adrenaline going. She felt fine. Yeah, I think what they can do in between this fight during the recovery is just get a nice eyebrow ring that holds that skin together, you know? <laughs> She's already got the nose ring. Uh, just go with the eyebrow ring, and it, nobody will even notice, Terry. I think she would need five of them, just five <laughs> rings going up her face. But I am all for that. I think that should just be a look for everybody now. Gary Cully, 26 years old, coming in at 13 and 0, versus Miguel Vasquez, 35 years old, coming in at 44 and 10. <laughs> 
Here's what I'll say about this fight, Franco. Miguel Vesquez definitely looked older than 35 to me, but maybe it's that he was in his 55th, you know, career professional fight. Yeah. He still had heart. Don't get me wrong, but it, the quickness is no longer there. The thing I'll say about Cully is I don't know where the closest strip club is to Nottingham. I don't know whether there's one close by in Sherwood Forest, but there is a cowgirl who's missing her stripper outfit because all the that pink frill and uh little tang danglies that he had going on that like that was stolen from a stripper's prop trunk like some poor girl went in to dance uh last night she's like where's my stuff like ah gary cully was here i bet the diva took it i'm sure gary cully was here is something that they hear in the local strip clubs an awful lot in that area cully you know he's the diva we saw him last time he came out with like a pink fur coat thing or his robe was all pink and fluffy. It's his, I get it. Like that's his gimmick. I hate it, but I get it also. And you know what? He wears it well because I stick to my theory from last time he comes out, you see him and you're like, that just looks silly. Like it isn't even like cool and like a Ric Flair, David Bowie kind of a way. It's like you're, you're doing this condescendingly. Like it doesn't look like he's doing it genuinely. And then he's a badass. like dude comes out and lights people up with this pink frill flying all over the place. And he did it again. He did it here with Vasquez. There's a flash knockdown in the third and then round four, Vasquez got stunned. We thought he was about to get lit up because all of a sudden his feet were out from under him and his legs were completely just turned into jello. And then that fifth round happened, just a quick straight right, left, one, two, and Vasquez was down for good. Like that was a wrap. And and the diva gets another win. So, you know, I, I don't know where he goes from here. Like maybe he just comes out full on Jessica Rabbit in like a ball gown. There's, I, I don't know what, what we can expect from Gary Cully, but I know we're going to see him again because he definitely gets people's attention. Yeah, I don't know where he's going to, escalate the ring gear but he keeps getting better in each of these fights yeah. and i've really enjoyed watching gary cully he is a really just a solid boxer and fun to watch i don't know i think he is sincere and in, in the pink and loving it and like gotta separate yourself in some way you know you know i don't i don't love all the the pomp and the circumstance but this one fits for me. I'm like, it's so ridiculous that I'm like, all right. You know, he didn't go half-assed. He went full bore, just like the guy who had a mascot of himself. I was like, all right, that's so ridiculous that I love it. You know, so don't go in between. You know, he went he went full bore with the pink and he named himself the diva. I was like, all right, I got to respect it. I definitely look for, when I see Gary Culley on any of these telecasts, I'm like, that's one of the ones I'm tuning in for, for sure. Lee Wood, 33 years old, coming in at 25 and 2, versus Michael Conlon, 30 years old, coming in at 16 and 0. Now, this is my last warning for anybody who has not seen this fight. Please watch this fight before you even hear this breakdown. This was such 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 a fun fight. This fight is like going to the best steakhouse in your neighborhood and they give it that and a bottle of wine for free they're like no this this excellent meal is on us tonight like that's how great this fight is and our wrap-up will be the uh you know the dessert that the dessert cart comes out and that's us we're the dessert cart just wrapping this all up for you because goddamn what a joy and uh i'll give you three two one deposit all right Welcome back, everybody, from uh, watching <laughs> the Wood Conlon fight. God, what a fun fight, Franco. This started in one direction yeah. and uh, completely came off the, off the tracks from where I thought it was going. I hope you watch this because it started out, Conlon landed that beautiful, you know, at the beginning of the first, they're just feeling each other out, but 
Conlon was having success landing that left. And then right as the bell was about to expire, he floored Lee Wood. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a quick night. You know, and the second round came out and it was all Conlon again. Like I was like, ooh, this is going to be a short night. But to Lee Wood's credit, he is all heart dude like he hung in there battled that storm like this is not like balsa wood this is like this is like real oak like he (laughs) was able to stand up to and weather the storm this was incredible and then the comeback you know in the middle rounds he started to have some success and you could start to see on conlon's face just him tire a little bit I don't know whether it was just the fact that he was like, I'm beating the shit out of this guy, but I'm not bringing him down again. What the fuck? Then in the 11th, Lee Wood lands a shot. Now, Conlon may have been slipping at the time. You know, he still says that it was a slip, but a punch landed right as he was slipping. So that is a knockdown. Now, when you fast forward to the 12th and he knocks Michael Conlon out, not just knocks him out, but knocks him out of the ring. Like so crazy that, you know, we went from Lee Wood hitting the deck really hard in the first round to now Michael Conlon getting knocked out of the ring and out of this fight in the 12th. It was just such a crazy pivot of what could happen. But because he got, he took a shot and then just started to slump. And then as he was starting to slump, Lee Wood hand landed another shot that knocked him out of the ring. It makes me believe even more that it wasn't a slip in the 11th. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think it was it's just starting to take over. And I have now become, uh, I've, I've been a Michael Conlon fan. I'm still a Michael Conlon fan. I don't give a shit about one loss on your record. I give a shit about whether you're willing to face somebody who's at least as good as you or better. Both of these dudes have proven that they're willing to do that. But the one thing that I'll say that has made me, I'll be a Lee Wood fan now for going forward is the way he was tempering the celebration of the crowd because he wanted to make sure that Michael Conlon was okay. Like it was that nasty of a knockout and he fell out of the ring and was laying there on the floor so kudos to lee wood not only for an awesome awesome fight when his skill wasn't enough he had the heart and then at the end his skill came through he landed just a wonderful shot to the temple put conlon's lights out and then put him out of the ring it was incredible just an all-around wonderful performance by both guys but in the best contests uh one guy's got to win one guy's got to lose and lee wood kept his stupid secondary belt but more importantly he won the fight you know i don't care about a secondary belt as long as it's two great fighters going at it and that's what we had it was just such a treat this fight yeah this really was fun and the going back and forth and really it was conlon came out very strong very aggressive had that early knockdown and so you're thinking well this is it like especially in the second round lee wood was still not a hundred percent and and so you're waiting for the big finish and you're like holy crap conlon's gonna take this really quick in anime territory because this was on lee wood's home turf the crowd was very solidly behind lee wood and then it was it was very gradual, but you could see Lee Wood slowly coming back into this fight. It took like a good two, three rounds. And then by the time we get to those middle rounds, like the seventh round, it was just a great fight to watch where you're thinking this could go either way. But as we were scoring it, we were also noticing there was no way in hell Lee Wood was going to come back unless he got a knockout. And so you're you're waiting for the knockout or at least a knockdown in the 12th because he got the one in the 11th. And we didn't have to worry about judging. We didn't have to worry about any kind of weird decisions or bad scoring because when Conlon got knocked through those ropes, he basically 
folded in half. Like he went ass first through the second and third ropes and just he folded in half, went backwards through the ropes. You could see some people in the crowd move to catch him or the people that were outside of the ring. And it looked like one big dude. Kudos to the big guy. There was one guy who looked like he got right under his shoulders and might not have been able to catch him completely, but definitely slowed the fall because otherwise Conlon really would have landed straight on the crown of his head into what I'm guessing is a concrete floor. So luckily that dude whoever he was that's that's mvp of the night because he came in he was barely able to catch him a little bit and break that fall and uh, part of that match they did they made sure that the outside of the ring was all venomous snakes uh, (laughs) uh on the fight so that guy saved him from falling into a pit of venomous snakes is that an Irish thing? Are you making an Irish joke on right before St. Patrick's Day? Right? Didn't St. Patrick lead all the he snakes out? He led all out? the snakes out of Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. So he brought them I, all I, to the Sherwood Forest. I wasn't uh, going for that, but I, it, it fits. Let's go with it. Yeah. So they had the snakes there to really like scare Conlon. They're like, yeah. yeah, they left your place, but we have them all right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and luckily, like it was a little bit scary because he was not getting up. And in usual to zone fashion, they kept the cameras way back. So then it's like, you know, you hear the crowd start clapping and you're thinking, oh, something good happened. But because they're not showing him being laid out, which to be honest, is probably a good thing. But at least keep us updated. Tell us like, oh, he's moving or something. Instead, they weren't giving us anything. So we were kind of in the dark. Luckily, we did see Conlon tweeted out. He said, I'm all good, folks. Cheers for the messages. I'll be back. Good shot. Congrats to Lee and his team. And then later on. Uh, He also tweeted out that he wants a rematch. LOL. Like he put the LOL in there. Like even he was like, ah, I don't, we should do it because it would be entertaining. But I also don't know that we need to do this. Yeah. As far as what's next, I'll I'll watch whatever these dudes do next. I would love to see Lee Wood take on Leo Santa Cruz because Santa Cruz has the, the real belt for the WBA. If they fight each other, then we can get rid of this, you know, silly secondary belt. Plus, I think it would be a great fight. I've never hid the fact that I love uh, Leo Santa Cruz. I am now a fan of Lee Wood going forward. So that would just be an absolute dynamite fight going forward but yeah this fight before we get away from it was just such such a treat the whole card was good you know this was like where you go out on a date and everything is it's going okay you know and you're like ah i don't know this maybe this chick's just not into me the main event was like you go to drop her off at home and she's like oh why don't you come in and bang me and my three roommates you know like that's how cool that's how cool this main event was i can honestly say i don't think i've ever had a date no not i don't think i know i've never had a date like that They say you can't play boxing, and we prove them wrong every week here on the show with our segment called Playing Boxing. Franco, there was some fun stuff on this card that we don't need to do deep dives on, but uh, the first fight of the night had a, a gentleman named uh, Big Ben, Big Ben Thomas. He was 2-14-3 and three coming in against Thomas Hart, and he didn't even last a minute. You would think if you're named after a clock, you would at least last a minute in the fight before you're out of there. Um, I, I don't think you should be able to use the name Big Ben going forward anymore those two body shots that put him down they looked painful but not so painful that the fight was over and done with in a couple of seconds that one was pretty silly yeah you know his opponent had to be like i just struck big ben what do you think of that and uh (laughs) then there was uh michael bolos and thomas cardi that one was a a fun one where they had to stop the fight because bolos's face 
half of it was completely unrecognizable. Basically, Cardi turned him into Two-Face from Batman. It was just swollen. His eye looked like the ass end of a pea or a plum where it was just purple and swollen. You couldn't even see his eye anymore. So that fight ended up getting stopped. But that was a fun, fun one, especially yeah. the uh, hashtag Cardi Party. I <laughs> he was he was tweeting that out after not tweeting it, but I saw it like not trending, but it popped up a couple of times. I was like, that's the dumbest, most fun thing ever. I love it. Yeah. If you want to see the importance of head movement, watch uh, the Cardi Bolos fight because Bolos looked like a tough dude. You know, he came in under 500 at two, three and two. And he's leaving two, four and two, but he looked like a tough dude, but his head was right where it was the whole fight, like zero head movement. The only time his head moved is when Cardi was landing that left and just, you know, snapping his (laughs) head back with a jab. It was incredible that it was just jab, rinse, repeat for that fight. Yeah. I was glad that they, they stopped that when they did, you know, with the little bit of help from the the doctor and the ref, we got out of that one around early Nico Lavars, Lavars. Yeah. He looked good in his, in his pro debut. Yeah. The only problem I had is granted it's your pro debut, but they brought him in against a guy who was 438 and one. All right. That's I I get it. 438. But this was his 23rd loss in a row. That might even sound bad, but then watch this fight and you could see why Hernandez would get work. You know, like he's definitely high energy (laughs) and made uh, Lavares work for it. But at no point was, you know, Nico in any danger, you know, so this is like a perfect if I have a, you know, a prospect and I want him to fight their debut, I want him to work for it without any of the risk. And that's kind of what Jose Hernandez did. You know, it made him work for it. Hernandez, all heart, not a lot of skill, but you know, you, I could definitely see after watching this fight, why he gets the phone call. Like, Hey, we need you to go against this, this kid's debut. I could see why that phone call is made. <laughs> yeah. This fight was kind of like the crossover movie crossover that I didn't know that we needed as Nico Lavares was definitely putting off Frodo Baggins vibes to me. And Jose Hernandez came in looking like Apocalypto. It was almost like a fight broke out at like a Comic-Con. <laughs> and so the, <laughs> the one guy who kind of looks like uh, Lord of the Rings and the other one who kind of looks like Apocalypto, they start going at it. And it was just as entertaining as a fight at a Comic-Con would be. I thought, yeah, I thought both guys looked good. Hernandez, despite his record, I totally agree. He wasn't good. But he had moxie and sometimes that's enough to get you more fights. And I hell, if I saw him pop up again, I'd probably be excited, Uh, almost like a wrestling jobber. You know, even though he's going to lose, I'm still excited just to see him in there getting work. And then kudos to Showtime for actually having the card from Friday Mm -hmm. easily found on Saturday. It was a lot of times I'll go to search what I just missed on Showtime and it's you'll get classic replays from Jack Johnson and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for the stuff from the other day. And it's usually hard to find, but we watched the show box card and uh, it was it was a fun little card. Three fights in and out. Nobody gets hurt. Well, you know what? Who did get hurt? Uh, Edwin De Los Santos got hurt. Uh, He got knocked out in the second. And that was no, he De Los Santos knocked out the other kid, right? Correct. Uh, Because Acosta was the favorite. Yeah. Kind of. Acosta got knocked out. Kind of. De Los Santos. Yeah. De Los Santos was expected to to be the, the B side fighter. I put that in quotation marks. Acosta hit the mat in the first and then just a 
a hard knockout in the in the second where you could see the ref look into his eyes while he's on the mat and just wave it off right away he's like nope the soul has left the body we got to stop this fight i think he started waving it off the fifth time that his head bounced off of the mat because when he went backwards his head did a thunk 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 <laughs> like it was yeah. pretty brutal to watch but also not completely shocking like they were trying to pitch acosta as the guy and De Los Santos, his one loss was in a split decision. So it's not like, you know, it was a hundred, like it's a loss, but right. you know, there's a little bit of wiggle room there with Acosta though. This was the first guy that he's faced that has a winning record. And okay. It totally showed, you know, like you went 12 fights without facing a single dude, at least a one and O guy, you know, and right. and it showed because he got knocked down in the first um, could have been a slip in like real time. But then when we saw the replay, it's like that was a punch that definitely connected there. And then that knockout happened. And oof, that was it was hard to watch. Uh, you know, he's definitely going to be feeling it for the next couple of days, months, even because his head really did bounce really badly off of the mat. And then, uh, yeah, the last fight on that one was Vernon Brown from Chicago against Ardrial Holmes from Flint, Michigan. Vernon Brown came out in the cool Sub-Zero cosplay. He had the full mask and everything, but the Chicago hometown kid did not do it. South Dakota was not nice to Vernon Brown because he did not do very well in this fight. He went the distance, but he didn't look great. His mouth guard kept flying out of his mouth. Holmes was just faster and bigger and better and punched more probably has a hotter wife like he just did everything better yeah he did do everything just a little better he was taller faster i'll give the guy from chicago credit he was tough but you know so was home so it was it was a it was a cool little fight to end the uh end the night of our drinking so uh (laughs) yeah it was good and then we got some really good boxing coming up even next weekend virgil ortiz is in action uh next weekend on the zone and edgar berlanga taking his shot as the you know the main event uh next week on espn i think xander zayas is on that card so there's some fun boxing next weekend yeah we'll be back to break that down too you got anything else franco no i think that's it i was gonna say the only other thing with that brown fight i think my favorite part of the whole thing was when the ice bag opened up his corner. That was crazy. (laughs) He put the bag of ice on his chest, but he was holding it, the zip side of the Ziploc bag facing down. What kind of a maniac holds anything inside of a Ziploc bag from the wrong end? So he has the bag upside down, filled up with ice and some of it's melting. And all of a sudden it unzips and the ice just spills everywhere. And you hear somebody go, uh-oh, <laughs> like a little kid. And so then they're like trying to kick the ice out of the ring. But then he didn't learn his lesson. Next round, he's holding it upside down again. Like what psychopath do they have working in that gym that holds a Ziploc bag upside down? Yeah, the look on his face when the bag opened up uh, and started spilling down. And he's like, are you serious? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to fight this guy and you? Like, this is <laughs> not how uh, professional boxing should go. This is bullshit. But yeah, that's it, man, Franco. I'm, I'm, I've had enough. I'm throwing in the towel. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.